Welcome to a message from Oasis Church. For more information about Oasis Church and how you can get connected, please visit MyOasisChurch.com. Here's Pastor Mark Pearl. Enjoy the message. Hallelujah. Good evening, everyone. Let's go in our Bibles uh, tonight here in t- uh, to Joshua chapter uh, 3. Joshua chapter 3. I, uh, what I'm going to preach on tonight, I, I kind of feel like I'm preaching to the choir. And I said that one night, and it's like I heard this, the choir needs preaching to. So here you go, choir. You're going to get some word tonight. But I want to talk to you tonight, and uh, we'll see if we get done. If we don't, we'll either continue on Sunday morning, or I'll be preaching again next Wednesday night. We'll talk about it then. I want to talk to you about stick with the Bible. Stick with the Bible. And I, I want us to begin, and I don't know how many scriptures we're going to look at tonight. I'm not sure. We'll just see how this comes out. But let's go to uh, Joshua chapter 3, verse 1. If you have it, say, I got it. It says, And Joshua rose early in the morning, and they removed from Shittim to, to, and came to Jordan. I always say that word fast. Anyway. <laughs> uh, some of you get that. And he... Uh, he and all the children of Israel and lodged there before they passed over. So they're getting ready to go over the Jordan is what he's talking about. And it came to pass after three days that the officers went through the host and they commanded the people saying, what you, when you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God and the priests, the Levites bearing it, then you shall remove from your place and go after it. Let's stop there just for a minute before we read verse 4. The ark, of course, is a type of the Word of God and the presence of God. You're not going to have the presence of God without the Word of God. God only blesses what He said. He doesn't bless what we make up. He blesses what He said. So, you, you, have to, you have to understand that, that, that this ark was uh, a type of God's Word. It was a type of the presence of God. And um, he said in verse 4, he said, Yet there shall be a space between you and it, about 2,000 cubits by measure. Uh, Come not near unto it, that you may know the way which you must go, for you have not passed this way heretofore. I, I read that because uh, I, I, wanted to, I wanted to talk about this, and, and we'll, we'll look at some other scriptures as, as, we, as we have opportunity tonight. But I wanted to talk about this. Th- th- this is Israel getting ready to, to cross over into the Promised Land. And they're getting ready to cross the Jordan, and God said, the ark's going to go before you. And you keep yourself a space back so you can see it, so you can follow it because you've never been here before. And it's a type of us following the Word of God. And as I read this, I thought, you know, we are in a place right now in our country and all over the world for that matter, where we have never been before. We have never seen some of the things that we're seeing today and that we're dealing with. This isn't going to be a lighthearted message, by the way, but say amen anyway every now and then, so I'll know you're still alive. But it's prophesied about in the Bible. You know, uh, 
The Isaiah said this. He said that gross darkness would cover the earth, but the glory of the Lord would arise and be seen on us. Hallelujah. So when, when, when we talk about these things, we're, we're, we're not talking about um, what's going to happen to the church because the church has a bright future. Uh, I, I had a subscription to a magazine and just the cover one time, I, I can't remember if I immediately canceled my subscription or I did it a little bit later, but it's the, art, the, 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 the uh, heading on the uh, magazine said, God is shaking the church. And I thought, no, he's not because we've received a kingdom that cannot be shaken. He may be shaking some people, but he's not shaking his church. It's built on Jesus Christ said, I'll build my church and the gates of hell can't shake it. God's not shaking it. But that glory, the, and the Lord, the Lord just, you know, is like, I, I'm one of these people that I have to watch my intake of things. I have to watch my intake of the news because it's never good. It's mostly not true. How many have figured that out? <laughs> and, and so I, I, I kind of try to watch my intake of that. You know, I don't want to. We have to deal with things that are going on in our society. You know, the church has to know. Because if you don't, if you don't stop it, what's in the world will get in the church. So you have, to, you have to talk about it, you have to preach about it. But I don't want that to be our whole diet here on Sunday morning. I don't want to come in. I want to preach the glories of, of the gospel of Christ. Right? But yet at times we have to be reminded that we are living in a time, we're living in an age where it's nothing like what we've ever been before. Uh, and we've got to make sure that we're keeping our eyes on the Ark of the Covenant, the Word of God. And we're following it, and we're not following the trends of the day. Because Jesus, when Jesus' disciples asked Him, they said, uh, What shall be the sign of your coming and the end of the world? The first thing He said is, Take heed that you be not deceived. Deception's rampant in our land today. We're, I, I never thought that we'd be, people would be so deceived that they didn't even know what sex they are. But today, we're, we're told that, you know, you could be a male one day and a female the next day. That's deception. Amen. Are you so quiet? I hope it hasn't gotten into you that you believe that. I know it hasn't. But, but no, the Bible is very plain about these matters. Amen. That he created male and female. And you can't just change on a whim. Just because you feel like you're a, a woman today, well, that, you still need to check your plumbing. Because it'll tell you. If your plumbing says one thing, your head says another thing, guess what's wrong? Now, I... That's bad enough, isn't it? But what's even worse is we're told that we're supposed to believe this, accept this. And if we don't, we're intolerant and bigots. You might as well get ready for persecution because it's, it's here and it's going to increase. But uh, just remember, it's because of standing up for Jesus Christ and for God. Amen. 
Now, so Jesus said, see, we, we're, we, we're at a time right now. Paul talked about this. He said, he said that uh, there, will, there will be people that who professing themselves to be wise became fools. We have, what, we have what's called today is people that are enlightened. And Paul and, and God said, you know, there would be people like that, that they would profess themselves to be wise or enlightened. He said, but in reality, they're fools. And so he even went so far to say the Apostle Paul in Romans, he said that God would, uh, because they didn't like to retain God in their knowledge, God would turn them over to a reprobate mind. Now, what's a reprobate mind? Well, it means a worthless mind. Boy, you can see that, can't you? The, the word reprobate also means a mind void of judgment. Some of the things that we see today, it just makes no sense. It's just like, how can you get this dumb? Is that all right to say it that way? You know, how can you get how, how did we how did we get here? Well, I tell you, uh, we've got to keep our eyes on the Ark of the Covenant. We've got to stick with the Bible in these last days. And if you stick with the Bible, it is going to mean persecution but you should, the Bible tells us that the early church, when they were persecuted, that they, that they left the presence of the persecution and they rejoiced. That they were counted worthy to suffer shame for His name. They thought, man, I've got something or they wouldn't be persecuting me. Thank God God's given me something that's worth persecuting. And all that shall live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. Let's don't whine about it like some in the church are today. Let's don't cry. And let's certainly don't back off from the truth. Amen. Just rejoice and shout. I was preaching on that one night at a place about how Jesus said to rejoice when they persecute you. And this guy in the back row took off dancing and jumping and shouting. I thought, he must be being persecuted. Praise the Lord. And he's doing the right thing. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. You know, why, not because we're being persecuted, but because we've got something. Hallelujah. I always say this, if the devil's attacking your faith, thank God you got faith. But the Bible said that there would come a day when men would call evil good and good evil. Darkness light, like darkness. Bitter sweet, sweet bitter. So there would come a day. How many know we're at that day right now? We're... Some people consider the, the most evil people in America are you and I. Well, let me know. It's just, it's, it's, it's what Jesus said. Take heed that you're not deceived. How do you keep from being deceived? You've got to stick with the word. You've got to stick with the word of God. In other words, you've got to be willing, you know, you've got to be willing to take persecution for this thing. If you're not willing to take persecution for this, you'll back off. If you, want, if you want to be liked, you're not going to make it in these last days. One of the things that God's dealt with me about over the last at least five years, and it's been on my heart, and it comes out in my preaching, I can't help it, it just comes out, is that there's going to be believers that aren't going to make it through the last days. And I've preached messages on surviving the end times. I preached at another church just, what, two, three weeks ago, and I pre preached on, you were there, surviving, thriving, and surviving in the end times because some believers aren't going to make it because they're, they're going to give in to the pressure. But how many know there's greater pressure inside of you because the Bible says greater is he that's in you 
than he that's in the world. Hallelujah. You're like a football. All, all those fat devils can jump on you, but you're not popping. Because there's greater pressure in you than all those fat devils on you. And devils will attack you, but you've got the greater one living inside of you. Amen. Now, so I want to look at some things tonight. Is this all right? Let's go to 1 Samuel chapter 4. I want to go there. I'm just talking about stick with the Bible. In these last days, there is such pressure coming on against the people of God to depart from the Word of God. To let up. But how many know the Bible tells us we're to speak the truth in love? Amen. We don't, we don't, we don't, uh, you're not doing people a favor when you don't tell them the truth. Right? I mean, if I'm up preaching and there's something, you know, hanging from my nose, <laughs> Pastor Jerry should be going, Pastor, your nose. Right? Or my pants are unzipped. I mean, he should be going, zip, 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 zip. I'm not offended by that. That's crude. But anyway, help me understand. If there's something wrong, how many? I want to know. I want to know. I just want to know. Why? Because I want to I wanna survive. I want to thrive. Amen. I want it good. Amen. And so if, it's, if something's wrong, you know, amen. And... Uh, well, anyway, let's go here to 1 Samuel chapter 4. Go with me to verse 19. This is different tonight, but I think it's going to really speak to us, all right? We need to stick with the Bible, and we're going to talk about, if we have time, we're going to talk about making sure your kids, that you put this in your kids. Because believe me, they're being blasted with the opposite. Especially if they're in secular schools. And you better make sure you're, you, you're giving them the truth. Well, don't you do that here at church? It's not enough just for us to do it at church. If you don't live at home, they think church is just, you know, it's just something we do. It's not reality. They've got to see it lived out. Amen? Now, in 1 Samuel chapter 4, look with me at verse 19. It's, it says, And his daughter-in-law, this, this is the priest Eli, his daughter-in-law, Phineas's wife, was with child near to be delivered. And when she heard the tidings of the ark of God was taken, and that her father-in-law and her husband were dead, she bowed herself with travail, for her pains came upon her. Now, the ark of God was in the camp of Israel, and uh, the Philistines took it in battle. The, the Israelites were losing battles. And, you know, any time the Israelites lost, it was because they weren't living right for God. Is that right? Uh, uh, it, it, it meant he wasn't helping them. He wasn't on their side. Amen. Amen. And, 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 you know, lifestyle still matters, even today. And so, <clears throat> how God anointed Jesus Nazareth, who went about doing good and healing all that oppressed the devil, for God was with him. We want God with us, right? And so, it wasn't working out. They were losing to the Philistines. So, they, they had this brilliant idea that we're going to go to the, to the tabernacle and we're going to get the ark of God and we're going to take it with us. And Eli, by this time, he's an older man. He's 98 years old. He, he's not immoral, but yet he isn't like spiritually sharp any longer. Not because of his age, but because of his compromise. 
He's letting his sons do things in the temple that God said it's going to cost you your, your priesthood. I'm going to take the priesthood away from your family and give it to someone else because your son sinned and you didn't do anything about it. And so that's where he's at. You know, he's not a bad man. He's just, he's just a complacent man. And so they come to get the Ark of the Covenant. And Eli, I mean, he's, he's, he's not liking this, but he doesn't stop them. And so they take the Ark of Covenant out in battle. God is not with them no matter what. And the Philistines steal it. And now the Philistines have the Ark of the Covenant. And so that's what's being talked about here. In verse 20, it says, About the time of her death, the, the women that stood by her said unto her, Fear not, for you have borne a son. Uh, but she answered not, neither did she regard it. And, and she named the child Ichabod, saying, The glory is departed from Israel, because the ark of God was taken, and because her father-in-law and her husband. And she said, The glory is departed from Israel, for the ark of God is taken. See, when the word leaves, so does the glory. Now, I'm talking about our country because this is where I live, okay? You have to admit the glory isn't on America like it used to be. Does anybody agree with that? Or? Sure, sure. If, you're, if you've lived, you, you know, a, a minister friend of mine said this to me. He said, he said my son, and my minister friend, his son is, is probably in his uh, late 20s maybe. Uh, and he's a Christian brother and a good man. And his son, he said, my, he told me, he said this the other day, he told me, he said, this broke my heart. He said, he said, my son said to me, he said, you know, I hear you, Dad, talk about the things that went on in our country and America. He said, I've never seen the good America. I haven't seen it because he's so young. But many of us remember the glory days when the glory was here. When nobody dared mess with us. When nobody dared to think or do things they do today. They wouldn't even dream of doing it because both parties, political parties, would have been against it. Not just one. Now there's one on the side of every perverted, filthy thing. Sorry if that offends you. I didn't say which one it was. I'll let you figure that out. But... My point is, is the reason the glory is departing from America is because we're not following the Ark of the Covenant any longer. We're not, we're not sticking close to the Bible. Amen. The Bible is what made us what we are today. Amen. And there's some scripture in the New Testament where Paul talks about this very thing that we're going to look at here in just a minute. I'm going to look at a few of these scriptures because I think it's good that we see them. It's in the New Testament. I'm not just pulling a story out of the Old Testament and preaching about it. It's actually throughout the Word of God that once we, once we leave the Bible, we leave the glory of God behind because it's what produces the glory. Look at 2 Thessalonians chapter. Two, uh, you know that I, I was, I don't know where I was at. I was preaching somewhere. Phyllis might remember what I was preaching somewhere. Could have been here. And I was talking about one of the things that troubles me about the story of the, the ten virgins. 
is five were wise and five were foolish. And Jesus tells us when this is going to take place, when there's going to be five wise virgins and five foolish virgins. He said then or in the end times. He was talking about the end times. And he's, five of them are going to miss the coming of the Lord. Now, this has motivated me. This has driven me for the last five years or something. And I know I've, I've talked about it. I've preached about it. I can't help it. It's just part of what's inside of my spirit right now to warn the church, don't, don't be one of the five foolish virgins. What was their problem? They didn't have extra oil. They didn't realize that the bridegroom was going to tarry. Amen. See, if you go back to, I'm, I've been at this now for over 40 years. But if you go back to my beginning days in the gospel, we, 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 we not only preached this, but we believed it, that the Lord was coming back any day. And, and it affected the way we lived. You know, see, the message of the catching away of the church, the rapture, it, want, it does a couple of things. It, 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 it gets the attention of sinners, but it also causes the saints to live righteous because the Lord could come back at any time. So there were five wise virgins, there were five foolish virgins, and the, the, you know, they, were all, they were all there, but five didn't, they didn't expect it to take that long. They didn't have the extra oil. They, they didn't realize it's going to take extra in the end times. Brother, I didn't either. I didn't realize it was going to take a whole lot more to live for Jesus Christ in 2023 than it did in 1983. But it does. It takes more anointing. It takes more of the glory. It takes more of the word. It takes more prayer time. And if you let up, you might find yourself in a place where you don't have enough oil to make it to see to be ready. See, what was the problem? They couldn't see. To, the virgins, the five foolish virgins, they, their lamps went up. They could not see to get ready. And Jesus said they weren't ready when I came. In other words, you could preach to them, you need to do this, you need to do that, you need to be ready. But they couldn't spiritually see it. And this is what I'm seeing in the church today that some people, even though you preach them, and I'm not talking about anybody here tonight, I'm just preaching. Some people, even though you're preaching to them, they, they really don't see it. They don't see it. They don't see that what they need to do to be ready. The Lord's coming back. We lived our lives, and some things we did wasn't wise. And, and uh, those of you that have been back long enough, you know we did some things that weren't really wise, you know. I believe this. I believe you should live like the Lord's coming back tomorrow, but you should prepare like you're going to live your life out. We didn't do that. We quit preparing in the natural for anything. You know what I'm saying? I'm just being honest. We just like, what's the use of doing this? What's the use of saving for this or that? The Lord's coming back. We ain't going to be here. Honestly, honestly, in 1980s, I never, I remember I used to think about my retirement date, what day it was, what year it was. Uh, well, I'll never see that. Not that I was going to die. So it's like, I will be out of here before that ever happens. That's, that's, you know, that's just light years away. That's on another planet somewhere. But now I'm in the orbit of that planet. <laughs> We're about to land. I mean, the landing things are on. <laughs> We're about to land. I never thought we'd be here, but here we are. And I still, I still believe the Lord's coming back in my lifetime. I don't think, I don't think our, and I'm going to, I'm going to prove it to you by the word of God. I'm going to tell you when he's coming back. Soon. 
Uh, no, I'm not giving you a date. Uh, but anyway, you know, remember the guy, Pastor Chuck, he bought the book, 88 Reasons Why the Rapture is Going to Happen in 1988. And Pastor Chuck goes out and buys this book, and then he wants to preach it. No, I'm decent. I'm decent. But, and the Lord didn't come back in 1988. And you know what? The guy wrote a book the next year, 89 Reasons Why the Lord's Coming Back in 89. Did you buy that book? I believe I did. You believe you did? All right. He was making money. If he writes one, 2,023 reasons why, are you going to buy that book? All right. Now, in the book of Thessalonians, let's look what Paul said. In first, excuse me, 2 Thessalonians chapter 7, we'll cut in the middle of what he's talking about here, but he's talking about the Antichrist, the end times, when the Lord's coming back. 2 Thessalonians, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. Did I say 7? There's no 7. Verse 7. So let me just give us to you now. He's talking about the Antichrist when he's coming back because this church is concerned that they've, they've missed the coming of the Lord and, and so forth. So he's talking to them and he says in verse 7, he says, For the mystery of iniquity doth already work. In other words, this spirit of Antichrist is already working. I mean, it's, it's, it's in the world right now working very strong. See? He says, Only he who now, the King James says, lets... Let's, we'll let until he be taken out of the way. Now, what that means is there's somebody that's hindering him from coming back or him from manifesting. He may be alive today, most likely is. But there's somebody that's keeping him from, you know, uh, coming to fruition. Now, I've heard a lot of people talk about who it is, you know, the, you know the, this or that. But I, I think the, the only thing that makes sense to me is it's the church of Jesus Christ. People say, well, it's the Holy Spirit. Well, wait a minute. The Holy Spirit's not going to leave this planet. During, during the tribulation, people will get saved. It takes the Holy Spirit to get saved. The regeneration of the Holy Spirit. So He's still here working. Amen. He's still here drawing. The, seven wit the, the, uh, the two witnesses, they're going to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. The 144,000 Jewish evangelists, they're going to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's going to still, He's going to be here. But what happens is, is could you imagine, you know how corrupt the America is right now. Could you imagine what would happen if the church left tomorrow? If every believer left this planet you would not want to be here. How many know that? I said, you would not want to be in this place. If ever, my wife's looking at me funny. Did I say it wrong? Okay. Well, if every, sometimes when she looks at me funny, I've either put Abraham on the ark. <laughs> or Noah's leading the children of Israel out of, out of Egypt. Something. And I tell her, don't just give me funny looks. Tell me. <laughs> funny looks don't fix it. Amen. All right. So, now, what was I saying? See, you're really paying attention, aren't you? It, could you imagine what, this, what society would be like if the church was gone? We're the restraining force. But once we're gone, there's no restraint. So he says this in verse 8. He says, uh, uh, Then shall the wicked one, once the church is gone, or the lawless one, because that word wicked means the one lawless. And you know, that's what we see society becoming more and more lawless. Good people defending their property are the ones that go to jail instead of the people that were destroying their property. That's lawlessness. I, mean, I still believe in the old rule of law. You kick my door in, I, I get to shoot you. Hallelujah. All right. 
and we pray for you while you're dying that you'll get saved. <laughs> then, then shall the wicked one be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. He's talking about the Antichrist. And even him whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power, signs, and lying wonders, and with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish. Listen, now this is what I wanted, one of the things I wanted to see. Because they receive not the love of the truth that they might be saved. It wasn't that the truth wasn't available, they didn't receive it. One of the main guards for us in these last days where Jesus said, take heed that you be not deceived, is we have to love the truth. Right. Jeremiah said you've got to be valiant for the truth on the earth. The truth means more to us than our popularity. Right? See, even preachers today, it's, you know, I don't, I don't mean to be negative, but I, I even see preachers today, they get interviewed by the world, and they know the truth, but they won't say the truth. One got interviewed here a while back by someone, one of the, one of the people on TV, and they asked him, said, are, uh, then this is offensive, but, you know, the truth, the truth. Are Muslims going to heaven? Are Hindus going to heaven? He said, well, you know, God knows. He's the judge. Wait a minute. Jesus said, the one you're preaching for, he said, I am the way. The truth, the life, no one comes to the Father but by me. Where's the Father at? Where's He at? Your heavenly Father. He's in heaven. Sounds like to me, if you don't go through Jesus, you don't get there. That's what Jesus said. Amen? You know, so I'm like, look, man. I mean, yeah, if you say the truth... People are going to be offended at you. But Jesus said, if the world hated you, no, they hated me first. If you were of the world, they'd love you. It's no wonder America's confused. Preachers are confused. It's really, I don't mean to sound naive, but it's really hard to find a good, solid gospel preacher left on Christian TV. They're on there. There's some on there. But there's too many that aren't. They don't, call, they don't call sin, sin. They don't, they don't preach clarity. The Bible said when Jesus got done preaching, they said, man, he preaches as one that's got authority, not as the scribes. He acts like he knows what he's talking about. Well, how many know we preachers, we should know what we're talking about before we get up and preach. Don't be like Brother John Osteen. Many, many years ago, this was so funny. I can't believe he told this on himself, but he did. He said, I got up in my church to preach. He said, I didn't, know, I, I didn't know about the gifts of the Spirit, you know. But he said, I thought I'd preach on them. He said, I got up and preached that, you know, gifts of healings were the great hospitals we have. The, the, word, of, uh, the word of knowledge was the great universities we have. The, the word of wisdom was the great libraries we have in America. He said, I'm preaching this. And he said, all of a sudden, Don's, I, mean, I don't know what I'm talking about. And he told his church, he said, I don't know what I'm talking about. Close your Bibles, let's go home. How I many know he found out? Hallelujah. But at that time, he didn't know what he's talking about. And that's, why, that's where we find ourselves today so much. Amen. Verse, verse 11, it says, Because they don't receive the love of truth for this cause, God shall send them, everybody look at that, strong delusion that they should believe a lie. Does anybody believe we're there right now? We have some delusional people running our country. They are delusional. 
delusional. We have to wake up. Amen. Now, he went on to say, uh, but we are bound to give thanks always to God for you, brethren, because the Lord, because, beloved Lord, because God hath from the beginning chosen you to salvation through sanctification of the spirit and belief of the truth, whereunto he called you by our gospel to the obtaining of the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, brethren, stand fast and hold the traditions which you have been taught, whether by word or our epistle. What's he saying? Stick to the word. Hold fast to what we taught you. Hallelujah. What we taught you works. We even have preachers, they want to change everything up today. Well, we got to have some new stuff. And No, stick with what works. Hallelujah. The old, the, the old gospel still works. Amen. Go to 1 Timothy. Come on, are you awake tonight? Yes. All right. I know this is a little, uh, you know, it's, 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 it's pretty sharp pointed, but, you know, it's, it's, it's something that we have to, we have to remind ourselves. We've got to stick with the Bible. It's really easy, if you don't, to get pulled away. You know, you don't, you don't leave it overnight, but little by little, you compromise. We don't want to do that. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1. Now, Paul said this, Now the Spirit, He speaks expressly. Now that means, uh, if you look it up, it means He's outspoken about this. It also means He speaks distinctly. In other words, the Spirit's emphatic about this. The Holy Spirit's emphatic that in the latter times, that word latter times means the very, very end, some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits or deceiving spirits and doctrines of devils or demons. So there's actually, uh, there's actually a time coming, and I believe we're there, where people are going to gonna start listening to what, what demons teach. They're going to start listening to doctrines of demons. And literally, listen now, he said some shall depart from the faith. How many of you have to be in the faith to depart from the faith. Now, how do you depart from the faith? Well, you depart from the faith when you turn from the Word, the Bible. Yeah. See, And the more we turn from the Bible, the more demonic there's going to be. We see that in America. The, the, you know, listen, I mean, the things that go, I mean, I, you know, I, it's not like I ever check the news. I do check the news, but I try not to digest it too much. But some of the things I see that people do, it's like, this is demonic. How did we, 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 we ever get here? I mean, you know, even in our own city, there, there's, someone, there's someone murdered almost every day, it seems like. Shot, killed, stabbed, almost every day. Used to, when that happened, I mean, you thought about that for weeks. Wow, somebody got killed. But it just, just the doctrines of demons... And, and deception that's going on. Why? Because we turn from the Bible. If we have no, you know, like the psalmist said, if the foundations are destroyed, what can we do? Well, who's to say who's right and wrong? Well, God is. Amen. This book, I don't know whether you know this or not, I think you do. This book has held us fine for thousands of years. 
We've lived peaceful. We've lived good lives for thousands of years. And when we turned from it, all of a sudden, when they kicked it out of the school, all of a sudden the devil came in. And now they have to deal with all this chaos going on. Someone in our church recently went, well, recently, it's been a few years back now. Recently, they told me, Pastor, I went to a meeting at one of the colleges here in town because they were deciding whether they were going to allow alcohol on campus. I said to them, you don't even have to be a Christian to figure this is a stupid move. You have problems anyway. Now you got drunk kids. You just created, the staff just created, the leadership of the college just created more problems for themselves. I wouldn't even have to be, a, I wouldn't even have to be born again to figure that one out. I don't want a bunch of drunk kids on my campus I have to deal with. That's called a, that's called a mind that's becoming reprobate. Void of judgment. There's no, there's no sound judgment in that. You ought to know, you, you created yourself more problems. Amen. <laughs> a lot of shouting going on tonight. Hallelujah. Well, it's, it's going to get better eventually. Praise the Lord. And I'm talking about tonight in the preaching. <laughs> well, it's all going to get better eventually when Jesus comes back. Amen. Let's go to 2 Timothy chapter 3. Come on, are you getting something out of this tonight? 2 Timothy chapter 3. I'm, I'm, I'm winding down. I want to look at this scripture and I think one more and it will be done tonight. 2 Timothy chapter 3. <clears throat> Paul said this, verse, verse 1 2 Timothy 3 1. He said, This know also, you got to know this, that in the last days perilous times are going to come. How many believe we're there? The Amphite Bible says, Times of great stress and trouble, hard to deal with, and hard to bear. You know, it's hard to live today, just in the natural. You got you to stay full of the Holy Ghost, right? You got to stay full of the Word of God. It, we're living in, look, I don't know if it grieves your spirit, but like, the Bible talked about Lot being in, in Sodom and Gomorrah. It said, he vexed his soul every day. My soul gets vexed every day with the things that are going on. Every day it vexes me. It used to not be that way. But we're living in the times that the Bible calls perilous times. In the last days. Now I'm going to prove something to you here. You do a word study on this word last, where it says the last days... It literally means this. It means uh, the farthest, the final, the end of, the uttermost. Now we're going to read about the, what the people are going to be like, and you're going to realize we are there now. We are there now. Uh, it's kind of like this. You think of it like this. A bus at its last stop. When I was young, when I was... Uh, a, 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 a youngster. Uh, when I lived in town, I walked to school. Remember, I walked to school in snow up to my knees. I remember that. And then Phyllis said, you were just in first grade. <laughs> okay. But it's still up to my knees. And me and my sister would walk to school. I don't remember. Randy might have too. I don't remember when we lived there on Main Street. But I just remember walking with... Randy might have went to a different school at that time. I think he probably did. Uh, but... Uh, we, we walked to school. But then we moved out in the country and we had to ride the bus. And there's always the final stop. What is, what's the final stop? That means it's, it's over with. The bus route's over with. Right now in time, we're at the final. 
According to this scripture, we're at the final stop. The bus has stopped at its last place. This is it. Now, how do we know that? Well, look what Paul said. Paul said this about people. He said, in the last days, men will be, verse 2, lovers of their own self. Well, that's happening today. Covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy. Now, the word unholy means no reverence, no reverence for God. Well, let me know we're there. See, I, I told you before I was saved, I had reverence for God. There's no way I'd have ever went in and vandalized a church. No way. Would never have stolen off a church. No, I don't care how bad I needed drugs or alcohol. No way would I ever have ever, 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 ever messed with a church. I remember we used to drink and drive, and we those days you had bottles. We, you know, they were the brown bottles, or you know, the, the some of them were clear. And we always had a game. When we drank our beer, we would roll the window down and see if we could hit the road sign. And it was always cool if you were driving, and you could do the hook shot, and bam, you hit the sign. I mean, that's extra points. We were deep. I did that. You know, and, and so we would hit the road. But I can remember one of our guys, one of the guys that I ran with, when he would see one of those signs that, that said church. You know what I'm saying? Like you see on the side, it let you know there's a church up ahead, so people might be pulling out. We'd get ready to roll our window down and hit the sign. He'd go, no, don't throw it. It's a church sign. You know, you know, I know that sounds funny, but that we had that reverence about God. Right? Now, we still did what we did, but we knew it was wrong. The drugs, the things that we did, the immorality. We, we, didn't, we didn't call it right. We knew it was wrong, but we just were doing it anyway because we're sinners. Now, people don't even know it's wrong. They think it's right. They think that people that teach people to abstain from premarital sex are wrong. They're bad. They're evil. We've left the Bible, folks. I said we've left the Bible. We've got to stick with the Word. Now notice this. He went on to say, verse 3, without natural affection, no family love. Can you, can you imagine? Can you, can you fathom when a, a woman takes the life of her own kids? But it happens all the time in America. Truth speakers, false accusers, incontinent, which means no self-control, fierce or brutal, uh, despisers of those that are good. Wow, is that ever going on? Traitors. Petty, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. Listen to this. Having a form of godliness. Didn't say they had godliness, but they have a form of it. But denying the power thereof from such turn away. What does that mean? Well, they'll, they'll claim to have religion, but they deny the power to live holy, like the Word says. They don't even know the Word. We have politicians today that... They claim they're Christians, but they're for abortion. They claim they're Christians, but they're for sexual perversion. They're not disciples of Christ. I'm not their judge. I'm not telling you where they're going to heaven or hell, but I can tell you they're not disciples of Christ. Disciples of Christ follow Christ's teaching. 
abortion still matters. Sexual purity still matters. But we're told, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a Christian just like you. Well, no, you're not. I'm not your judge, but you ain't just like me. Because I don't believe in, that, believe in those things. I believe what the Word says. Amen. Amen. Well, what about the fact where the women say it's their body? It's not their body they kill. It's somebody else's body they kill. Amen. Well, praise, praise the Lord. And saying this kind of stuff gets you kicked off Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and, you know, all that stuff today, if you say these things. Are, are you with me now? See, if, I was, if this church was large enough, we had enough followers, then they would monitor it. But such as it is, they leave, they leave us alone and we can say whatever we want to say, at least so far. But it doesn't matter. I, I, have, have me know God doesn't need uh, de-Facebook. He doesn't need Insta-Slam. Thank God for the tools they are. But, you know, uh, Paul did pretty good at converting whole of Asia without any of that. Matter of fact, he didn't even have a vehicle. Amen. Come on, are you with me now? I, I've been going a little long tonight. But, but, but let, let me finish out, okay? Look at, look, in the same chapter, verse... verse uh, 12, it says, Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. But evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. But notice what he tells us, but you continue in the things that you have learned, knowing of whom you have learned them, being assured of whom you learned them, and that from a child you've known the Holy Scriptures. What's Paul saying? He said, Timothy, in the last days, and he's letting us know, in the last days, this is what's going to happen. He said, but the thing that you do, just keep doing what you've been doing. Just Continuing the things you learn, don't back off from it. Amen? One last scripture. I'm sorry I've gone long tonight, but let's, let's close here. Deuteronomy chapter 11. This is really kind of a series, but I'm turning it into a one-day seminar. De Deuteronomy chapter 11, because I wanted to close with this, because we have a responsibility to make sure that our kids know the Word of God. It's not just up to our children's teachers and you teachers, it's up to all of us. The, the, it's up to you parents to make sure that your kids know the Word. Because they're being taught things that aren't in accordance with the Word of God. And their minds are... They're, they're, the devil's after their minds. Now, Deuteronomy 11, verse 18, it says, Therefore you shall lay up these words of mine in your heart and in your soul, bind them for a sign upon your hand, that they may be as frontless between your eyes. You shall teach them to your children, speaking of them when you sit down in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, when you rise up. That, that sounds like quite a bit, doesn't it? And you shall write them upon the doorpost of your house and upon your gates, that your days may be multiplied and the days of your children in the land which the Lord swore unto your fathers to give them as days of heaven upon the earth. Paul, or the, 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 Moses here in Deuteronomy is simply instructing us, God is instructing us that we need to put the Word of God abundantly before our kids and abundantly in our lives and stick to the Bible. The Apostle Paul said this, he said, Be not conformed to this world. Don't fashion after its model or its pattern. Don't, don't, listen now. 
See, here's the pressure with a lot of Christians today. It's just too much trouble to stand for truth. There's just too much pushback, Pastor. Well, let me tell you, it matters. It matters. You gotta, you gotta give the effort to stand, right? When you know, you know, just recently, Jackie sent me a, 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 some, a, a, a little bit of information about a book. It's actually some pictures out of that's in the school libraries, and it's just sexual perverted, and it's there for your kid, your one-year-olds to go get. When parents find that out, you gotta fight back. You gotta push back. Well, they're going to call me a big, hey, you're going to suffer for Jesus Christ's sake. Amen. If we're, if we're silent about who's going to speak up, speaking the truth in love, that's just too much. No, don't make it too much trouble. But listen, I, we had a house built one time. And we, actually, we didn't know we were going to do it. You know, we, we were just looking in this house. It's a model home. You know, this guy's a builder. He's a really good builder in the area. He's in heaven now. But he was a really good builder in, the, in his day. And we were looking in one of his homes. It was a Sunday. And uh, we were just looking in the windows. You know. Now, Phyllis, she'll break in if you don't stop her. <laughs> no, 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 no. She's going in the house. I'm saying, hey, somebody owns this house. Well, it's open. That doesn't mean you're, you know, that doesn't mean you're invited in. <laughs> you know, I'm telling the truth now. It's the truth. <laughs> So I'd advise you to lock your house if she's in the area because she she come in and check your curtains out, you know. Uh, no, nobody was living there. You're right. But still somebody owned the house. So we're just looking in the windows, you know. And it's a Sunday. It's locked. There's nobody there. And the guy that's the builder happens to drive by. And he goes, you want to look inside? Well, sure. We'll look inside. So we look inside. And we said, yeah, build us this house. What do you want? Just like this one. Now, the reason why we took, now we moved a wall or, and had another wall, but we, we did two things different, I think, maybe. We had, we had a wall moved and, or not put up and put up a wall where there wasn't a wall. But other than that, the same tile, the same carpet, the same collars, the same countertops, all of that, same cat, everything. You know why we did that? It's just too much trouble to pick it all out. <laughs> so we just said, just do this. We didn't want to end up Having a house, and when we got done, it, it just looked terrible, you know, because we didn't match it right. Now, she's good at that anyway, but still, it's just too much trouble. But have you know, in the th and when it comes to morality, when it comes to, to spirituality, you're going to have to exert some effort to live for God in these last days. You can't just say, it's just too much trouble. I'm just getting too much persecution. I'm just, you know, I'm no longer, the soccer moms don't like me any longer. Well, if Jesus is pleased with you, then that's good enough. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. And besides, you know what I find out? There's more of those, and I'm not picking on soccer moms, but I'm just using that. And there's more of those soccer moms that if somebody else would stand up, they'd stand up. Amen. People are just looking for somebody that's got some guts to stand up and say, this ain't right. Pardon my English, but it ain't right. Stick to the Bible, right? Did you get anything tonight? Thank God for His Word. Let's stand up. Hallelujah. That concludes today's message. 
For more information about Oasis Church, please visit MyOasisChurch.com. Thanks for listening.